0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Watching the Boxes Fantasy Basketball Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Catron, and joining me, as always, is my co-host, Tyler Watts. What's up, Tyler?
1: Well, you can't say as always, Mike, because you did a mock draft over the weekend, and I was not part of that, so it's not as always anymore.
0: Are you you salty that I I didn't invite you to tell me I made a bunch of terrible picks in my mock
1: draft? No, I wasn't salty. I'm just saying the last episode I wasn't part of, so you can't say as always anymore because right. you mm-hmm. did one by yourself.
0: For the first time in two episodes, <laughs> joining me is my co-host, Tyler Watts.
1: No, I thought your mock draft went all right. I, I was not going to slag off your mock draft one bit.
0: Uh, you know, I was a, I was a bit bored uh, in the uh, afternoon, so I figured I'd put a uh, mock draft on record and... Hopefully people got some value out of that. So go, go check that out. It's just a, a quick 10-team head-to-head mock draft. I ended up getting Carl Anthony Towns with the 7th pick.
1: Which surprised me, kind of, but I guess not. I mean, it doesn't oh. seem like Carl Anthony Towns should be the 7th pick, but then when you look at it, it's like, well, I can see that. Uh, someone's
0: going to fall to the 7th pick, and um, you, I think you'd be surprised. Like, every once in a while, you know, some like Giannis, Steph Curry,
1: I think Curry's the guy I see most often on, on ESPN doing it. It's yep. like you're sitting there at 7 and Steph Curry pops into your lap and you're going, must be my lucky day. People are sleeping
0: on Curry this year. It's um... Oh, I
1: cannot wait for our Who to Draft with Steph Curry so I can give you my in-depth analysis on it. That is one show I am looking forward to.
0: Yeah, me too. But this show, we're going to be doing a Who to Draft with Steph Curry's um, highly touted teammate and MVP – of the nba um kevin durant well no i guess he's the mvp of the finals of the nba last year because that would be westbrook who was the mvp of the nba last year I'm, I'm already getting slow in my old age trying to remember what happened last year
1: i feel like that's just what happens right you just forget it all and just get too excited for what's about to come up
0: i'm excited there's actually uh, been at real basketball to um to view and to watch and to to actually see real basketball, you forget that, you know, why am I paying attention in any of these other sports when uh, real basketball is just so much better?
1: Except for when the fourth quarter comes. I I sometimes have to avert my eyes in these preseason fourth quarters early on with literally some guys. I'm not sure if they're real people or not. They might just be made up names out there. There's
0: a lot of NBA 2K, (laughs) my players playing in the fourth quarter out there. Um, I don't know how they got into real life, but it definitely happens. Um, so yeah, let's, let's real quick go through what we've seen in the, in the preseason. But first off, um, there was an announcement about the preseason with uh, Kawhi Leonard. And Kawhi Leonard doesn't sound like he's going to play any of the preseason games. Are you worried about that? Uh, what was your take on that real quick?
1: The original announcement I wasn't worried about. And then I caught a tweet from a beat writer and, and you have to excuse me, cause I don't remember which beat writer it was, but I'm sure there's not that many of them in San Antonio. You could probably look this up for yourself that said that he, when he asked pop pop said, this was an injury from last season that never quite fully healed, basically. Ooh. And it was still keeping him out. I wasn't too worried till I heard that. And then I thought, what now that's, been like a lot of months
0: so I think Kawhi was already being picked at the bottom of that top eight I think this almost solidifies him being picked at the bottom of that top eight is he slipping to below Arkansas's top eight
1: um not yet but as draft season gets a little bit closer and I I think news is probably bad news in this situation in the sense that if they're not saying, oh, he's getting better, ooh, we're seeing him on the practice court. Um, I think that's probably bad news. And man, if, if he's not ready in like a week where he's actually practicing, then then I could see him maybe starting to slip down below guys like Chris Paul and, and those types.
0: Yeah, I think I'm still taking him at an eight because he is a I think he's gonna have a MVP um caliber season. And all the news reports, like like you've been saying, they're saying preseason, not one has said we'll miss the opening night. Now you know if a news comes out that he's going to miss opening night, maybe I take take him in the top ten. Maybe I take Jokic over him, perhaps. Oh, but, drinking
1: the Kool Aid, Mike. Again yeah, with the,
0: the Kool Aid, man. Jokic is going to be good. I I I'm in, I in in roto leagues, Jokic is just going to be very good, but. You could probably make an argument about taking LeBron over him in a head-to-head league because LeBron's going to have a heavy workload per usual, and a lot of people always say he's going to suit out a lot. Well, nah, I, I doubt it. LeBron's just going to do what LeBron does every year. Um, I could see that happening, but if he's going to miss like the first week of the season, I don't care. I'm still taking him number eight.
1: I'm with you, but the, I, and I guess my, my worry is that if it didn't heal in, I mean, how many months since they played in the playoffs? Six? been a while almost six like when when does it heal up that's what kind of worries me i guess um plus i don't really feel like they're they're feeling pressured i mean i think they know they're going to be a playoff team and what do they care as long as they're not playing the warriors in the first round um i think they think they can beat everybody else so as long as they're not the fourth or fifth seed or the eighth seed i don't really don't think they care what seed they are in the playoffs. so if he's not fully healthy they might just say ah sit out a few
0: yeah, it's a little suspect at this point, but um, right now I'm not terribly worried about it, but, you know, pay attention. Uh, in other injury news, Joel Embiid is actually uh, being uh, back in contact five-on-five uh, five practice, and it sounds like he's going to make the opening night. Are you uh, switching your tone? The last time we talked about Joel Embiid, you were way out on Joel. You're going to let someone else take that uh that burden and uh you, you were saying he's gonna play what like 38 games i, I think was your over under
1: uh my my over under my over under the whole time has been 50 um and I, i'm still shooting for under because i i mean he's 31 has been the number in three seasons 31 games that's it um so i mean i i think 50 is is a fair in the sense that he's never played it um I'm still not in on Joel Embiid, and here's why. Okay, yeah, he's playing five on four. You said he's good for opening night. Well, if he, unless he's going to sit out all the preseason in practice, he could easily hurt himself before opening night. This guy's never been too healthy for too long. Uh, that doesn't mean that he will, but I, I still, unless I see him play more than 50 games, my over-under is going to stay at 50 games for the indetermined amount of time until he plays it.
0: Uh, I, I think the 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 news that he was not going to start the regular season scared a lot of people off, and then you started seeing Embiid dropping into the, you know even like the bottom of the third round, beginning of the fourth round. The fact that he's going to be starting the season uh, is probably going to move him back up to the top of the third round, and I'd take and I, him. In, I'd take him in the middle of the third round or late third round.
1: In a roto league, I. would be more inclined to do that in the sense that I think – I mean, he literally could be for his however many games, and that's what we don't know. Um, he could be the, the best per-game player in fantasy.
0: Absolutely. And, but, and it I, definitely could happen, but he could also play 12 games.
1: Well, and had the head league too, right, The those playoffs get become important if you really want to win the league. So if he's not going to play at the end, right, after he's logged a lot of games –
0: When Philly mysteriously is not making the playoffs though in the East, really uh, every other team other than the Bulls can make the playoffs.
1: That's what I mean. And, And maybe they're in it and maybe he's playing and maybe he's healthy and maybe he misses 20 games in the middle of the season, which I mean, ideally that's what you'd want, right? If you were in a head to head league and, and I said the caveat is Joel Embiid misses 20 games, you'd want that somewhere in the middle of the season. So you could have him for your playoffs as long as you made the playoffs. Um, I'm just not too sure about Joel Embiid. I definitely don't want Joel Embiid unless it's – I want to have three players on my team before I'm picking Joel Embiid.
0: I think that's fair. Um, I, I would venture taking him in the third round in a Roto League if uh, – just depending on, on on what I've ate earlier that day, like what I had for lunch, if I, if I felt – if I was in the mood for it. Uh, but – I I'm, I'm probably shying. I'm a little, I'm usually a little bit more risk adverse as well. And I'd probably just be uh, letting someone else take that. And if he drops to the fourth round, I'm in. So anything else in, in the preseason? I mean, it's only been a, I mean, a handful of games. There has hardly been uh, anything super relevant to talk about, but anything that sticks out?
1: Um, I have my eye on that Lakers game against the Wolves. I wanted to see how the, the the Wolves were looking, how the Lakers were looking. It was weird that we only saw Jimmy Butler for like 12 minutes. That doesn't um, bother me. It didn't bother me at all, but it was just weird because I kind of wanted to see what the rotations looked like a little more than what I saw, and I didn't really get to see that. Um, the The two things that didn't surprise me but probably surprised some people were Brandon Ingram got a ton of shots, and he still can't shoot. And big surprise, Lonzo Ball can't shoot either. Yeah, Um,
0: we've been saying Lonzo Ball's not going to be able to shoot, but
1: uh, he is going to be able to dish dish some assists. And and I I said this to you before, I think, he's the crap Ricky Rubio in the sense that I think he's not going to score a ton, and he's not going to shoot very well, but he's going to get assists. But I don't think he's going to be able to get Rubio's elite steals, which is going to push him well below where his – current draft value is so i am also out in the one-year leagues on mr alonzo ball and i don't even know that i'm willing to take brandon ingram as i mean as a last round flyer i guess but anything above that i just don't think i think he's going to shoot like 40 percent and just miss a ton of shots and generally not do too much for fantasy
0: Yeah, I mean, I do like his upside and assists. Now I'm I'm kind of leaning towards like, you know, I don't know how great he's going to be, but his shots going to be suspect all year long, and we've always been kind of worried about that. But his assists, I think, are going to be. I'm not even I'm not worried about that anymore. I think he could be seven, eight assists a game, and they're going to let him play. They're going to let him do whatever really whatever he wants. So that's something to continue to watch. Uh, Milo Tadosic had a pretty interesting showing. I think everybody finally saw the things that people who had done a little bit of homework already knew is that he was going to be an amazing passer, and he was setting people up left and right. He is a great late-round flyer for assists, but I think the uh, the fact that he's under the radar is going to – just a couple more games of that, and that's going to end pretty soon.
1: I mean, I told you this when we talked about the Clippers preview, I think. Top five passer in the NBA, probably the second he stepped on the NBA court. Um, dude is good. Got a good handle. Pretty with the ball. Um, doesn't play like a defense. But, yeah, if you need assists, he's great. I could see him getting like seven a game. I mean, literally. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, easy. In, in, so. in like 28 minutes. Yeah, in, in the minutes he's got to play, which I think somewhere like 26, 28. I could see him averaging like seven a game, which is game-changing, right? I mean – for that late in the draft as he's going right now, he's definitely worth the pick.
0: Yeah, uh, uh, I'm, I'm down with taking him late in the draft. Um, he's going to be sneaking up into a draft pretty soon. Same with uh, your boy, John Collins.
1: Um, Yeah, it was a little disappointing. Um, I don't think he looked great. He got a lot of rebounds, which was nice. Um, he's just a real high-energy player, and I think he's going to get points and rebounds, but I don't know what else he's going to do really. Um, But if he's going to get minutes, he's, he's worth it. I'm not sure that he's going to at the beginning of the season, but eventually I think he will. Uh, He's more of a guy I'm picking up probably as the calendar turns to 2018. He's I'm looking at him hard. And as soon as he gets the big role, bigger role, I'm I'm jumping on board.
0: Yeah. I, I I think the problem here is, is a lot of people will only see the stat line or the tweet, you know, 15 boards and 20 minutes or whatever. And, they're gonna latch on to that, and that's it. Only takes one good preseason game for people to get on the hype train. And I, I kind of want to give a caveat about preseason. You know, Jimmy Butler played 12 minutes. I don't. I, when it comes to the top 50 guys, I don't care if they look bad in preseason because I think the top 50 guys are going to be good, no matter what. Maybe top 40, but I'm not too worried if I see a couple duds from someone like Jimmy Butler or if I see a couple great games from someone like Paul Millsap that doesn't really change my opinion on them because they're not really playing at high-end NBA speed in, in the preseason what I am interested in is seeing flashes from guys below the top 50 and rotation players where they're playing how they're playing or if I'm seeing someone like Chris Dunn all of a sudden looking really great for the Bulls like okay maybe he is worth a late round flyer over somebody else along with you know guys who you you know like if you see Daniela Gallinari really really struggling ooh is should i be worried about that guy but preseason explosions and and slumps
1: often have almost zero correlation with the regular season I'm with you. What I wanted to see really with Minnesota was um, who was kind of that lead ball handler. And it was it Teague or was it Butler? Um, I think Teague had the ball in his hands quite a bit, even when Butler was out there, which I like to see. I'm not really worried about Teague this year. We've talked about this a lot. Um, there's definitely a ton of players I'm worried about way more than Jeff Teague. Um, I think Jeff Teague's going to do Jeff Teague things. I'm not sure he's going to be quite as good as he was last year. Um, he had a really good season, but I think he's pretty safe for like six, six and a half assists. And as usual, 13 or 14, 15 points.
0: Yeah, you're you're seeing a lot of people jump off uh, off of Jeff Teague, and I think too many people have jumped off, and now he's being a little bit under undervalued. And we've talked about that before. You know, like, th- that team's going to move the ball around. It's going to be – I think it's going to be a pretty interesting team to watch. I'm going to enjoy watching it. Jeff Teague's currently being drafted 46th overall on Yahoo. That's actually a little higher than I thought he was being drafted. If you're in a smarter league you might be being drafted later and i think if you get them after the top 50 um top 60 even you could you could be getting a steal there all right well i think that's enough about the uh, preseason we'll be uh covering the preseason a little bit more as the games actually get rolling along but let's get to the uh the mean potatoes of this podcast and let's talk about our uh, our ongoing segment of the top eight who do i draft and this time it is with
1: My consensus number one overall pick, Kevin Durant. Who would want Kevin Durant now? Come on. That's just crazy talking. Who wouldn't want
0: (laughs) one of the best all-around fancy players that you can possibly draft, um, who doesn't really hurt you anywhere, but in fact helps you almost everywhere. uh, The the one thing he's weak in is, is steals, I guess, for his position, and he's still getting over, over a steal a game. Uh, I just think you can take Kevin Durant. And uh, I, I can understand people in head-to-head leagues who want to go with someone like James Harden or Westbrook or um, Anthony – I guess Anthony Davis, Carthity Towns. I get it. All these guys have reasons you would pick them, right? Kevin Durant to me, if, I, if I'm if i picking in the middle of this top eight and Kevin Durant's sitting there, I'm 100% taking him. Simply because I can go in any single direction I want to, which you know sometimes can lead you to picking a bunch of guys who are good at everything. But you really got to like in the second and third rounds decide to go in a direction instead of just keep picking guys who are similar to Kevin Durant.
1: Yeah, I'm with you there. Um, Yahoo is going second, ESPN is going fourth, CBS is going fifth. Um, so you want to be on a CBS league, Mike, join all the CBS leagues you can I, find.
0: Um, I will never join a CBS league. I, they got to trash, um, just trashing CBS. <laughs> I'll, I'll join any league on any, anyone who will um, sponsor this podcast. And if you're interested in sponsoring this podcast, feel free to email us at watch the at gmail.com. And uh, we would love to have you as a sponsor for this great NBA demographic. Um, so let's, let's just go ahead and, uh, let's draft Kevin Durant and let's draft him at the number one pick, just like I want to. All right, let's do it. I, I, I like, I like that idea. I like taking him number one overall. And like I said, he is not weak in anything. Um, so let's go. Let's say we're playing, uh, in a 12 team league. Let's make this difficult on ourselves.
1: All right. I am in 12 team league,
0: 12 team league head to head. We take Kevin Durant number one overall. Um, or do you want to do Roto? I don't. I don't really care. Um, we
1: haven't done a Roto one to is, uh, we can do Roto if that's what you want to do. Um, it doesn't really make a huge difference with a guy like Kevin Durant. I mean, I think you're setting yourself up great for Roto. Um, but yeah, we can do Roto. Whatever you want to do, man. I am right, game.
0: Let's, maybe let's maybe let's just mention Roto, but let's stick with our head-to-head format. Um. So coming around, we're probably we're going to be taking the 24th and 25th pick. I like picking on the turns. Um, sure, there's going to be a giant gap of 23 picks that you don't get a pick, right? So every time you pick. So that kind of sucks. But it's just kind of easier to plan for two picks every once in a while than a pick you know, every every 12 picks. If so that makes sense.
1: I'm definitely with you that it's it's a lot harder to figure out who's going to be available at your pick uh, when you're picking in that middle range. Whereas at the turns, I mean, you basically know, okay, I'm not getting a shot at Kyrie Irving. I'm not getting Boogie Cousins. I'm not getting Jokic. I'm not getting Chris Paul. All those guys are definitely going to be gone by the time I pick at 24.
0: Yeah, you're you're really not getting any of those second-tier players. And even the third-tier players are going to be slim to none, I think, here. Um, if you go out to Yahoo, though... Miles Turner, Clay Thompson, C.J. McCollum, uh, and Gordon Hayward, Bradley Beal, Marcus Soule. These are the type of guys you're seeing available after 24. And that's that's still a fairly good snatch of players. I think, like we've said before, you know, someone like Jimmy Butler uh, falls to you here. You got to take him. But it looks like you're going to be picking from maybe that fourth tier.
1: Yeah, and so I mean we we kind of got to decide what we need here, right? We got two picks right back to back, so we're going to get two guys out of this group and I mean we can have any two we want basically. So, um
0: I think you got to go best available. Um and you got and, and like I said, you got to pick direction. So, the guards are all pretty much gone. So, if you if you really if you wanted a point guard right here, right? You'd be looking at someone like Eric Bledsoe, perhaps Mike Conley if he's around. And Kimba Walker and and
1: those three guys don't excite me a ton. Yeah, I'm probably passing on that little run there. Um. So you could go wing
0: and and get another complimentary player to Kevin Durant, but I feel like you're almost like piling on too many of the similar players already. Uh, you could get take wing with your second pick. I think I, I'm going to have to. Uh, one of our favorite picks in this position is is Miles Turner. I don't know why we would venture away from Miles Turner, considering that, his percentages.
1: That's definitely one of the men I would want in this pick. It's definitely Miles Turner. A um, lot of names here that you know it gets kind of a little bit murky. Uh, maybe Kyle Lowry falls to you. He's 23rd on Yahoo, um, 25th average draft position. If you look at Fantasy Pros, which averages basically CBS, Yahoo, and ESPN. Um, so maybe he's available and you can go at that point guard, which I definitely have Lowry a step ahead of Conley and, and Bledsoe and Kemba Walker. Um, I think, though, that I may go back to the well and go for two Warriors with Clay Thompson. just feel a little bit better about him than Bradley Beal. Um, I feel a little bit better about him than most of the other guards. And I think just everybody else just feels like a little bit of a reach at that point.
0: Yeah, if I mean, Gordon Hayward feels like a little bit of a reach.
1: Though, I mean, if you wanted him, why not? What, what's crazy to me is he was like ranked in the 30s last year, if you look at a total season value. And now he's getting drafted in the 20s, going to Boston, where he's probably going to see less of the ball a little bit with Kyrie kind of manhandling. I mean, I think his stats are going to be pretty similar, but I don't see why we think he's going to take a step forward um, I, I still high kind high of high. have him He's right in that general 30 range. He's
0: 100% being overdraft here. And, and I think that's pretty um, apparent. I, I, I do. Uh, and this is definitely similar to another build that we, uh, I think we did earlier in our uh, who to, who to drafts. But I mean, these are the guys who we have, I think we have the most value here. When you when you look at someone like Clay Thompson, when you look at someone like miles Turner, they have an elite stat like blocks and three pointers. And they don't hurt you in your field goal or free throw. And with someone who's so strong at those percentages, like um, Kevin Durant is, I, I, I would never suggest going Hassan Whiteside or going after someone who would just destroy you in one of the percentages.
1: Uh, and here comes the next kind of interesting thing is, is this category where now punning assists?
0: I think it has to be if you're not going to go with a guard here. Um, I, I, I want to throw a wrench in this. What about a third warrior? There doesn't seem to be a really good way to match up with uh, to get Draymond Green on your team. But if there's ever a compliment to uh, two players who would compliment each other very well, I feel like it would be Kevin Durant. And Draymond Green. Everything that Draymond's bad at, Kevin Durant is really good at.
1: Yeah, I mean you could see that option. I mean, he's going 20th on Yahoo, 22nd on ESPN, 24th on CBS, so his average draft position is 22. Um, but you can see him slip a little bit. Uh no points, which you don't love that, but I mean if you get two twenty point scores, you know, matched around him, you can make that work. Um, I love Draymond. I actually have him a lot higher than twentieth, so I'm kind of surprised that he lasts that long.
0: Yeah, he's he's good. I think if you purposely go after someone uh, in the who's going to be scoring a ton next year, like perhaps um, Anthony Davis or a um, Westbrook or Harden, that makes a ton of sense. But that ten points, twelve points a game that he might score next year. Is really rough, but Eaton, Eaton, seven. You know, he he might be a really good matchup with LeBron. Two guys yeah. who would be having eight rebounds and eight assists a game. That might be the guy when we do our end of draft. Um, who do you draft? Kind of uh, thing. LeBron and Draymond.
1: The, uh, I mean, I love that pairing. That's that's really interesting. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like a
0: lot of people avoid Draymond because of the scoring but there's got to be a way to get him situated on your team um, it's just so hard for where he's he's actually going uh, where he's being drafted at like 21 20 2022 20, like you're saying that really facilitates you getting i mean you have it you you're basically forced to take your your uh, second round pick and and take Draymond for sure
1: Yeah, and it's a gamble, right? Because, I mean, I've been saying this for weeks, that 20-point scores dry up fast, so it's a gamble. And maybe the best scenario is you punt points uh, with Draymond. But, I mean, I think you can definitely make it work with someone like LeBron or Kevin Durant or, you know, one of these other guys who's going to score a ton.
0: Yeah, I I completely agree. I think for this particular build, uh, we're a little bit later in the draft for Draymond. Uh, He could maybe fall to us at 24. But uh, let's let's stick with our Miles Turner. I think, I think we both like that as a getting a center with an elite block. You you like Clay Thompson here?
1: I just feel like if we get Clay, that kind of bumps us up in three pointers and points enough to where I feel really good about those th- those categories. I yeah. feel really good about blocks. I feel all right about steals. I mean, we got three guys that are going to average pretty close to one. Um, we're going to need a little work on that category. And then we're probably sitting pretty, pretty in a and rebounds. Our only really bad category is probably assists. And to have that kind of build early on is, is great because you can take it in a lot of different directions. Um, If we get a big assist guy in the next one, I mean, we're, we're not looking terrible in that.
0: Yeah. I'm on, I'm on board with what you're thinking I'm just I'm I'm almost curious of the trying you know something just a little bit different, and I think this would this would uh, facilitate us punt. It looks like we'd punt threes. So it's it feels like right here we're we're really finding out in the in the second third rounds that's where you're going to get your three point guys, and if you don't get those, you're you're probably going to punt three pointers. You either got a your three point guy in the first round and second round, and if you if you missed out on those and you're looking for threes, you have to take. Someone like Clay or Bradley Beal in in the third round, or else you're just not you're not going to get a three point shooter.
1: Yeah, if you go for someone like DeMar DeRozan, who's getting picked in this range, like you are punting three pointers, you got to. There's and no... I'm actually
0: considering with Kevin Durant, he hits two a game, so like I don't want, I don't think I want to punt three pointers because he's so, he's so good at three pointers from a forward spot. But I I was going to go out on a limb and, and suggest someone like Marcus Soul. And go big, big because there's a lot of pretty good valued two guards, wings, and, and, and a couple point guards later Mar- in the draft.
1: I don't think with Marcus Saul, you're even punting three pointers. I mean, Marcus Saul hit over one three pointer a game last year, which I, I mean, I know that doesn't mean as much as it did, but it's still a three pointer a game. You got Durant's two to maybe two and a half. Yeah, I. I
0: I think, you're, I think you're onto something here. Like, Marcus Solar, or even Brooke Lopez, I, I, I mean, that's a reach. I mean, I guess if you're going to talk about those guys, you're going to have to talk about Kevin Love, too. Like, would it be crazy to go big, big here and just be done with our bigs this early? Um, because the bigs dry up pretty quickly.
1: The bigs do dry up pretty quickly. I, I'm, I'm all right with that. Um, I'd like the... Gasol to be the skull of last year, not Gasol of previously where he's like closer to 17 points last year. He was closer to 20, I think like 19 and a half. Um, If you could promise me that Gasol, I'd definitely be in at this spot.
0: I'll promise you that Marcus soul is going to keep shooting threes, whether he gets up to 20, 19 points a game. uh, You know, he's got to hit those threes. I I think that's the, just that's the difference. And so I mean, that team needs someone to be a primary scorer and him and Connelly are just, they're it.
1: Yeah, and they decided to start Wayne Selden in their first preseason game. I thought maybe Tyreek Evans, who would finally get healthy and do something, but that doesn't look promising now. So, I'm I'm in. I'm in on Gasol. I actually drafted Gasol in the league uh, that actually is going to count just last let, week. So
0: let, let's let's go in a, a little bit of a different route and let's go the ever versatile Marcus Sol, um, who a lot of people I think maybe are like, oh, you guys are really reaching it. 20 years. ago to take. Marcus Soul at 25. and here's why
1: I don't I don't see it as yeah. a reach, okay? If you slide over to hashtagbasketball.com and check out our friend and the great Mark Roberts projections, if you're looking at eight category rankings, Mr. Marcussol comes out 26th rank, and that's only at 17 point2 points a game and only four assists, and I think he could maybe beat both. And you know I said we were going to avoid making a roto team, but this is a hell of a roto team right now. This is right up your alley, right up your roto alley.
0: Yeah, if you're doing roto, I mean, like this, this is this is might be what you're looking for. These guys have great percentages, and uh, even though Marcus' Sol's percentage kind of dropped off because he started shooting threes, it's not on like you're you're not going to struggle because you got Marcus' Sol, uh, shooting 15, 16 shots a game at like 46 percent. That's perfectly fine because KD is absurdly efficient, and I assume he'll be absurdly efficient
1: again this year. And uh then you got Miles Turner here. Who could take a few more shots and take a dip in this in efficiency, but I mean how yeah. far is he really going to drop like 48%? Yeah, is you
0: got to drop it to 49, no. It's not going to happen. So you're really you're great at right now we're killing everybody in rebounds. We got good blocks. We're well, really not even that bad at threes. You're absolutely right about that. What we are struggling with if, if, if going this route is going to be we are low, probably lowest on steals, and we are low on assists.
1: I mean, three guys getting a steal a game though. Or I don't even know that we're that low. I no, mean, we're we, not
0: we, hunting uh, uh, steals right now at that's all. What I mean,
1: I we're not really that low in assists when we look at the fact that we don't have a point guard. I mean, if we get four assists out of Gasol and, and five you know, out of Durant, that's what I mean. Where we basically um, got. Two I'm points. loving. I'm loving this build. I mean, KD is going to get as many assists as Kemba Walker, probably pretty close. Yes. So, I mean, I don't think we're really that bad in that category now. Obviously, we would need a point guard. To, if we don't get a point guard in the next turn, we're obviously going to. And I, I that think category. that's
0: where it gets a little bit dangerous. So let's, let's do it. Let's go. With, we got our bigs. We're feeling good. We got Miles Turner. We got
1: Marcus Soule. You want to slag CBS off one more time? I'll give you the perfect reason to slag off CBS. Please do. Average draft position of 27. The one, the only, Lonzo Ball on CBS. Oh, my gosh.
0: Like I said, CBS <laughs> Sports, the uh, the home of people who are playing fantasy football and, and and occasionally doing a basketball draft.
1: I have played a ton of fantasy basketball leagues in my life. I have never played one on CBS, unfortunately.
0: I, I feel like I've done one there, and I, I it was, like, years, years, years ago, and I just we never went back never went back we did one season and everybody hated it and like their user interface is probably better sometime in the last like seven years i mean it was a long time ago but um man uh, no thanks
1: all right so 48 we go
0: wow and so that's a lot of players off the board a lot of guards off the board that we were probably looking at hoping that they would drop to us um this could be the thing that that, the the reason why you maybe don't go this direction, but I think we're going to be able to figure something out here.
1: All right. So let's see who's available. Who is available at 48? Um, I can already tell you one guy I'm very interested in, but I will let you take the lead on this. So I'm looking at
0: Yahoo average draft rankings right now. We are definitely looking at guards at this point because we are, we are set in bigs and it looks like you know someone like Dennis Schroeder is available. Victor Oladipo is available. D'Angelo Russell is available. Even uh, Drew Holiday is, is being picked this late. I'm not sure he will be picked this late in your draft. And um, dare I say Jeff T? Is he, is he available?
1: He has the 48th overall Ooh. consensus ADP by Fantasy Pros.
0: Wow, that is that is cutting it close. That is saying that we're going to get a, a kind of straight-up draft. But the way people have been fading Jeff Teague, I think this is possible.
1: Oh, I definitely think it's possible. The, the Jeff Teague has gone far too far.
0: I agree, and I think this is the prime time to be picking Jeff Teague. You take him with one of your picks here, 48 or 49, it doesn't matter because that is why you pick on the turn. He is going to be... Good at most things, but really, he's not elite in any one category.
1: I'm with you there. Um, so, uh, guys, I'm interested in Dennis Schroeder. Um, I'm, I'm definitely interested in that. I think he's going to score a lot of points and get some assists. Maybe the two categories were worse than. Plus, it probably give you a steal, a game which helps us just kind of stay steady in that category. Um, if we're going to punt points, you could look at a guy like Nick Batum here in this general area. Um, but Tomb kind of does everything else well, which would fit our build pretty well. Um is probably maybe still available at 55 average opposition. If you look mm-hmm. at the consensus, Drew Holiday, I I just can't get on board with that one. It's Another not, guy, maybe Victor Oladipo. That's a guy we could maybe talk about.
0: Yeah, we could definitely, I, I think he's getting a lot of, he's going to be the sleeper of the year. So he's. I, I think he's going to be drafted before Jeff Teague, but um, he could be available here. And if
1: so, he is a breakout candidate. This, this Fantasy Pros Consensus ADP says 59th on Yahoo, 65th on ESPN, 53rd at CBS, so 58th overall pick. So he's actually a little bit below this. That baffles me. Why, why do you think that is? I I just think that he, he burned everybody last year because he was – for the second year in a row, kind of, a lot of people pegged him as, oh, he's going to be the breakout guy this year. And then he – deferred to russell a little bit too much and didn't really put up the stats that everybody thought um the year before it was more he played really great down the stretch it was he stunk at the beginning when he was getting jerked around a little bit by coming off the bench even though he was probably the best player on that team so i think he's kind of hurt a lot of people two years in a row and so people may be staying away from him but i'm a big fan of him going to indiana and kind of playing that one a one b role with miles turner
0: Do you think he is too risky considering we need uh, a guard who can score and and get steals?
1: Um, I think those are the two things he probably does the best in the sense that I think he's probably good for – Mark Roberts projected 17 points this season. I think that's probably pretty safe and a steal and a half, which both sound pretty enticing to me.
0: That's a tough one, I think. Let's, uh, let's do a quick, who would you rather then? Victor Oladipo or Carmelo Anthony? Victor Oladipo. Victor Oladipo or probably not available, Chris Middleton?
1: Middleton, but I don't think he's going to be available. Victor Oladipo or D'Angelo Russell? For this build, I'm going to say Victor Oladipo. I just think that they're going to be similar points and similar other stats too. Really, um, I think Victor Oladipo is going to give you a little more blocks. I think D'Angelo is going to give you a little more threes, but the percentages are really what sways me in the sense that I think depots are going to be enough better to matter.
0: And the final one, Dennis
1: Schroeder or Victor Depot. And here's where we got to make the decision. Yep. Okay, I think Schroeder is going to give you better points. I think Oladipo is definitely going to give you better steals. So do we want the steal and a half over the steal, or do we want the 19 points over 17 points?
0: And I also think Dennis Schroeder is going to give you more assists.
1: Oh, definitely. He's definitely going to give you a lot more assists. Um, but I don't know that we super are worried about that category. If we have Jeff Teague, um, there's definitely some guys down lower too. We can get to boost our assists, a dosage type, someone like that. Um, I think the two categories that we are most worried about right now are points and steals.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think this is where we want to decide whether or not we stop looking at points or we stop looking at steals. And we have guys like... So that Turner, let's just go right back up. Turner is probably going to give you almost a steal a game. So we're, we're probably weakest in steals because Marcus Soul is going to give you a little under a steal a game. And Teague is going to be right around a steal a game. So we're definitely weakest in steals. I think I'm going to have to vote for let's, – let's ignore steals. Let's go with I would Schroeder. vote
1: Schroeder. I would vote for Schroeder too just in the sense that, yeah, okay, he might shoot a bad percentage on, on a high volume of attempts. But we've got some safety built up in that category. And – just his combination of stats at this pick seems really, really enticing to me.
0: Yeah, I like his upside. I like him bringing our points back up, which we should be competing with when we have someone like Kevin Durant. He isn't killing our percentages, and he's, he's going to shoot good free throws, so that's going to help our free throw percentage. That's going to be really nice. And I, 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 You know,
1: why not? Oh, man, on to a lot more picks that get gone that just does not sound good to me to make the last choice, right?
0: Last choice is always a crap shoe. We, we've always said that. We're picking down, what, at 72? Yeah. A lot of good players off the board. It's rough picking number one overall.
1: It, it, the turns are nice, but they're also kind of hectic because you're like, oh, gosh, what's available? What's available? What's available? And you keep seeing all these names that you like. Go just off the board. Get melted away, and you're like, man, yeah. who is left? <laughs> so... What are you looking for
0: in, in, in this piece here? We don't really have um, a wing other than Kevin Durant. We got two solid guards, two solid centers. We're not, we're ignoring steals. So, so go ahead and, and, and chalk that up. We're, we don't care about steals at all. We like our percentages. We probably could use some more assists. We probably could use some more rebounds. I don't know. I
1: think we're pretty alright in assists with Schroeder and Teague. I, I mean, mean, we could use some more, but we got two guys. And we, did we? We picked Marcus Saul, so I think we're pretty alright in assists. We got the yeah. we got the Rant, we got Schroeder, we got Teague. That's basically, I mean, four point guards worth almost right there.
0: So let's let's do what we do every time when we get to this this pick. Um, I'm going to list a couple guards, a couple forwards, and a couple centers. And at this point. Because of Kevin Durant's versatility, we could go in any direction. We're actually not really looking for a very specific position, just because of the way our draft went. So I'm going to give you a couple guards. Jeremy Lin. It's an interesting, an interesting I, guard. I have a soft spot for Mr. Lin this year. So do I. Uh, Zach, Le- uh, no, Zach Levine. Let's throw him in there. The injured Zach Levine. Definitely not for me. Tim Hardaway Jr., we haven't talked about him before. <sighs> what a, wow! What a what a hard scoff at Tim Hardaway Jr.
1: Man, I just I don't know what Tim Hardaway Jr. is anymore, other than a man who makes far too much money.
0: Ooh, that's that is a cold burn for Tim Hardaway.
1: And I'm going to throw
0: Gary Harris in there because he's always available around here. I love Gary Harris. Love
1: Gary Harris. Gary- you're pulling at my heartstrings already. Ooh, I'm going to throw George Hill in there too. Let's get them all in there. All of your favorite oh, man. Another man I'm a fan of. So you, uh, those are your
0: those are your um, guards. Your wings, Aaron. We can reach down for Aaron Gordon, who's got a lot of upside. Let's go out on a limb and say Robert Cummington is available. And- it could be interesting.
1: He definitely is what possibly is his best category is steals, though, and that's kind of what we're not focusing on. So he's probably not a great Fifth Park team.
0: Very good point. Um, the ever underrated Thaddeus Young.
1: Deuce, man.
0: And uh, let's go with like a high upside guy, Marquise Chris.
1: Playing some center now, surprisingly enough.
0: Yeah, he's going to be probably center eligible. Uh, with sinners so let's let's look at the sinners let's let's say clint capella is available i don't think he will be but uh let, let's go ahead and say he's available jonas velichunas is available Um, uh, steven adams enos Cantor. i don't know what to do here i don't think it terribly matters
1: there's a ton of guys, right, that just – this is kind of where we talk about this that we don't usually talk about the rest of your picks, right? We do the top six because a lot of it's just your pet players. You've named a lot of my pet players that I'm taking kind of in the seven, eight, nine, however long they're available range. Yeah. Um, so you, you kind of just pick your horse here. Um, the guy that I'm probably going with on this team that we have here – Man, I mean there's so many different ways we can take this team. That's just so good here. Um I get two, right? So I mean I get two back to back. So I might well, well let's go ahead it. and pick two. But we might as well just do it. Um Gary Harris, I think, is one of them. Ooh. Gary Harris is
0: a solid he's not a great steel guy, but he's a solid steel guy, but he's a good percentage uh when it comes to field goal.
1: So I mean, and I just I think he could take a step forward this year. I don't know. I'm just a big fan of his. Um so I think he's probably one of the guys I'm taking. Um, The other one, I probably would go for Jeremy Lin. just think he could have a good year, going to get the ball in his hands a little bit more than everybody thinks. And uh, so, yeah, I'm I'm kind of preferential to him. Um, It would be George Hill if I could – if you could guarantee me George Hill would stay healthy, but I'm just worried that he – we've seen him break down a little bit the last couple years, and I'm worried he goes down again. But if he's available as the next pick, I would definitely snap on him. Um, So that's probably where I'm going. And you went with a lot of guards. I
0: think um, I'm on with all those uh, with Gary Harris always and uh, Jeremy Lin. I'm gonna I'm gonna switch it. Off. I'm gonna go Jeremy Lin because I think I want some more assists. I know we're really good at assists, but I want to. Be, I just want to be better at assists. I just want to have Thanks. an even higher assist rate. And also, this kind of fits. Uh, he's got great free throw, and his f- field goal isn't that great. And I think that fits our, our current mold, which it kind of makes sense in your opinion to go with Gary Harris. Who's going to actually flip that and help you balance that out a little bit. But uh, I'm going with Jeremy Lin because I think he's going to handle the ball a lot and, and be better than a lot of people are thinking when it comes to assist and points. I will second. Um, and then so I'm going to reach down here because we're picking 73rd, but our next pick is 96. And there's a guy that I want, and I want Aaron Gordon. I think Aaron Gordon is going to be great. I like Aaron Gordon as a as a guy. I would reach down at this point to uh, to ensure that I get. I think it's it's
1: definitely a reach, for sure. But when you look at what Aaron Gordon could do across the board, I love him. I just pray they give him the minutes. Just give him the minutes, please, for the love of all things that are holy. I'm I'm going to for
0: some reason stupidly probably, I'm going to believe in the Orlando. Staff to the <laughs> well, I should never say that again to actually properly play. Eric and now Warren we have no listeners left, yeah. Everyone's like, we just this have is no dumb. listeners
1: left, so it's, it's not gonna happen. We might as well not even we might as well not talk anymore,
0: but yeah. I mean, he, I think he just compliments the team, he's gonna be a scorer, he's gonna get rebounds. Um, he's, he's just gonna be a good all around across the board player. And we got a lot of you know, when we lead with an across the board player like Kevin Durant. Someone like Erin Gordon coming in is going to—it's going to really matter, and you're, I think you're going to get a lot of value out of him even at 72. Even though I think I'm reaching for him, it's just because I'm—I don't think I'm going to get him down in the
1: 90s. I would like to throw in just one tidbit about a player you mentioned, and something I don't think it should happen, and that is Thaddeus Young should not be available on your waiver wire. I've had a couple of people in the last few days send me their waiver wire, even in like their 10 and 12 team leagues. And Thaddeus Young is still sitting out there. Uh, Mark Roberts. There's a
0: lot of um, just boring named people sitting on people's waiver wires.
1: But Mark Roberts projections, he's the 72nd best player. I mean, I just feel like this guy is always kind of criminally underrated. And I think it's happening again. Um, He's a real good steals player. So he didn't fit this team very good and I don't think you ever have to pick him here. I mean, in Yahoo, he's 128th and 135th on ESPN. You can literally have this guy as one of your very last players, and I think he's probably going to give you top 75 value on the season. So don't sleep on this dude. Pick him up late in your draft.
0: Yeah, it, it's it's baffling me to see guys like him be on a waiver wire. Um, it just doesn't make any sense. You also see people like Michael Kidd-Gilchrist on the waiver wire. I mean – He'll, he's gonna be in the top one hundred, uh,
1: yeah, I mean, I could see that I think so
0: he's gonna play a lot.
1: He's probably gonna be in the top 100 um just i get I get him in the sense that like he doesn't score a lot of points and he doesn't shoot threes, right, so he's just like a weird player to own in today's n b a You're like, what does this guy do? He gets rebounds and does some steals and blocks, like he does the good things in the non sexy categories, so yeah, I'm with you there. Um, I think he's always kind of underrated too. So uh, that's a good, good call. That was like the uh, last name I was expecting. So you threw me way off. I was not expecting you to say Michael Kidd, go Chris. I was like, wait, what? Who? And then I was like, Oh yeah. (laughs) Yeah. And this is kind of my point.
0: I think, uh, and and we suggest everybody go and, and, and take a shot at someone in those, in the late draft, like go, go scowl and, and be prepared to drop him, but also maybe he's going to break out, right? But the, the more people who do that, at some point it becomes value to go like, hey, you know, Mo Harkless is good. Thaddeus yep. Young is good. Why am I why am I ignoring guys who are going to play 30-some minutes a game?
1: Well, and just the guys that are, are obviously – Top seventy-five, top one hundred players. You know what I mean. I just think that those are the guys you shouldn't be sleeping on. The guys you should be sleeping on are those fringy top one hundred guys who could be top one hundred, but they they're gonna. That's their ceiling, right? They're never gonna be better than like pick one hundred, pick ninety, pick ninety-five. Those are the guys you should let go and try to pick someone with some high upside.
0: Yeah, um, if last few picks. if um someone like Wilson Chandler is on your waiver wire, that's that's a pretty good sign that. You're, there's going to be a couple of other people who probably should be picked up. The so most of the chances going to be perfectly fine.
1: No doubt about that.
0: Cool. So I, I think that's it. Um, Tyler, you got anything
1: else to plug? Oh, uh, no. Um, maybe check out the articles here. We're going to start writing some articles here for hashtag basketball in the fantasy section. So that I will be, I mean, I won't speak for you. I don't know what you're going to do but I will be writing some articles that you can check out. So that'll be something to look forward to. And that's probably about it. Cool. Yeah. Where can we find you on Twitter? Oh man, you can find me at lotzi four, 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 four. Perfect.
0: And you can find me at watch the boxes on Twitter. And yeah, we're going to have a few more articles and we're about ready to start our listener league. If you were looking to get entry into that Listener League, I believe it is full, so we can put you on the reserved list. And feel free to tweet at us if you'd like to get on that Listener League. Other than that, I think that's it for tonight. So thanks for joining us, everybody, and have a good one.